the scariest fighter that I have ever seen. Bro, lunch boxes for hands. He's got lunch boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go India. Go India. <laughs> Welcome back everyone to episode 7 of the Grandstand podcast. You're with me Kavinka and with me are my two co-hosts Shavin and Abhishek. Let's get it on with. You can move mountains with your This episode is dedicated to all you UFC fans out there. There's a growing amount of UFC fans which are, you know, enthusiastic about the sport and would like to know more about the sport. So who better to get than two ardent UFC fans? We have Tarin and we have Chalana. Guys, I'm just going to uh, let you all figure out who the McGregor fan for this is. <laughs> you can clearly see him. And India Oh, Christ. He's even got the name on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, why don't why don't you go and uh, introduce yourselves a bit more to our audience? Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm Tarin, and I started watching UFC ever since McGregor KO'd uh, jo- uh, Jose Aldo in 2015. Love it first sight. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Chalna. Uh, I've been watching the sport for a while, uh, ever since Brock Lesnar came into the WWE and uh, claimed okay. that he was the strongest fighter ever so ever since then I've just uh, been very keen in the UFC and now uh, I've been training in and can't stop yeah, by the way guys y'all are not hearing anything that is Salana's accent uh, he's from he's in Australia right yeah, now yeah he uh, is yeah, joining us right. from Australia so uh, we have a proper Australian joining yeah. uh, us <laughs> on this show so just before what we head into <laughs> just before we head into <laughs> this main uh, topic of the UFC uh, we just have to bring you news on football and cricket. Uh, football, just some regular Premier League news. The fact that Manchester United, as we speak on Saturday, the 16th of January, is on top of the Premier League table. Uh, something that all Manchester United fans would have wanted earlier, but now they are getting that they are reaping their rewards of uh, of staying with Ole. So. Uh, good news for you, Manchester United fans are out there. But you know, as a Liverpool fan, I do hope that uh, <laughs> Liverpool end up on top at the the end of the season. Shavin doesn't seem Shavin, to care about I, the Premier League table uh, anymore. It but, doesn't matter. Uh, Liverpool will be on top, no? no Liverpool, the TGS they won't lose a single game. <laughs> they won't lose uh, a single game here after. <laughs> Guys, please don't not. <laughs> <laughs> We're referring to the TGS curse, the, the the official, the grandstand curse, which uh, you know we say something and it doesn't happen. It almost does not no, happen. No, no, we're genuine. We're genuine. Very genuine. Yeah. genuine. Okay. I want Liverpool to win the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're definitely going to win. Just before we head into the UFC action, Abhishek will walk you through some cricketing action, especially with the Sri Lankan cricketing team. There's been a lot of action and a lot of news surrounding it. Uh, Abhishek? Yeah, when it comes to Sri Lanka cricket, I mean, obviously disappointed. Uh, especially with the South Africa series, you know, we started pretty well, you know, to get 396 in the first innings of that test. Uh, teams that have come before have not even got that score. So, started pretty well. Obviously, the injuries obviously hurt Sri Lanka a lot. I mean, obviously, you have to be test match uh, fit to play test matches. And obviously, the preparation wasn't ideal. 
but you can't really co- complain about it because the LPL was also needed. People were criticizing LPL. I don't think that's fair because that was also needed for cricket in Sri Lanka. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely disappointing because South Africa also a team in transition. They just have a new captain in as well. So definitely expected more. Um, but yeah, hopefully in the England series, maybe you can see a turnaround. It didn't happen in the first innings in the England series as well. I mean, bowled out for 135. But uh, as we speak, you know, while you are recording this, uh, Sri Lanka had a bit of a resilient show in the second innings. But the bigger series, you know, we're talking about Australia versus India. What a series it has been. I mean, it has had everything. When you thought that one team will definitely be successful, the other team shows why they are the better team. And these two teams are showing just how brilliant Test cricket is. Some people are actually questioning Tim Payne's captaincy just after this one loss because he was the guy who took them took over the team after the crisis in South Africa. And, you know, he had a very weak team and they had some bad runs. They lost to India at home. They had a terrible series in Pakistan after... Uh, after losing their players. But since then, he has brought this team back up to the top spot, retained the Ashes in England and, you know, whitewashed every team that has come to Australia since then. Uh, and Tarin is also an Australian cricket fan. So, what was your take on all that? Just, uh, I mean, what do you feel as a fan? I, I, I personally think uh, there was nothing wrong in what Tim Plain said to uh, Ashwin in the match. Because that, that's the that way Australia is. Like, if you're going to... Explicit word he used there, I guess. Yeah. There was just one bad word. Other than that, it was normal, right? Yeah. I guess if you're, if you're going to play in Australia, you, you should know that you're going to face the the words also. So, yeah, India should have been, uh, should be ready to cry about it, in my opinion. And about his uh, captaincy? I think he's a phenomenal captain. He's an amazing captain. One of the, I think one Absolutely. of the best Australia's ever had because... See, in in the first in the first in uh, first first game, he scored seventy odd runs when Australia barely needed runs, and I think that yeah. was the turning point in the end, entire match. I feel Australia did really well in their first game, where, where they completely outclassed India, and India won yeah. the second game. And the third game, uh, uh, Australia missed a couple of vital catches, but yeah. as of right now, Australia is doing pretty well in uh, the fourth and final Test match. <laughs> So, that's our uh, talk on cricket as well. So, now we move on to the main segment, which is UFC. Uh, We are going to talk about a lot of topics actually in the UFC. And uh, actually, Shavin is going to actually sit in as a fan because he's also a proper UFC follower. And uh, because we need to level the playing field. Otherwise, there might be more towards, there might be more bias towards McGregor. So, yeah, uh, talking about... You already have a huge, huge bias anyway with Tari. (laughs) Exactly, that's enough. So, um, okay, so talking about the UFC, we are going to talk about UFC 257 first. Okay, the first match, uh, we are going to talk about two matches. The first match being Hooker versus Chandler. So, this fight is a bit of an interesting fight because we have uh, Chandler coming in from Bellator to UFC. He made the move. He has been a three-time lightweight champion over there, but... um, there's been quite a few talks as to whether, you know, he can compete in the level of UFC. Hooker, of course, coming off that uh, brilliant fight with Poirier. He, of course, lost that uh, by unanimous decision. But still, it was a brilliant fight. I thought it was really, I mean, very entertaining. Um, so, yeah, he's coming off that fight. So, many people think that Chandler is definitely the underdog here. 
because he's coming in from Bellator to UFC and the competition in the UFC is much higher. So, Chalna, do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that um, Chandler is definitely the underdog here? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because if you look at the UFC's caliber and how they had their fighters stacked up, it's one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. And right. when you see Chandler, who's fought in Bellator and fought Eddie and has had wars with Benson Henderson and Eddie Alvarez and yeah, exactly. is a three-time champion. Yeah. So you've seen that those fighters come into UFC and fail because of how prestigious UFC is and what sort of caliber they have the fighters with. So definitely Chandler is going to be an underdog in this because Hook is already established as one of the right. top fighters and he did go a full five-round fight with Poirier and you can see that he's not one to quit and easily give up. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Chandler brings that wrestling pressure. He has that big overhand right. He trains at the same gym right, as yeah. Kamaru Usman, Gilbert yes. Burns. So these are top welterweights, and Gilbert Burns was a lightweight. So I'm pretty sure he's probably learned a few tricks because Gilbert Burns has already faced Hooker, and he's already been knocked out by, I think, Hooker. I believe that's what happened. So, yeah, it's all going to be pressure yeah. on Chandler. So talking about Hooker, Darin, so the fact that, you know, people are saying that Chandler is the underdog in this fight, does that put more pressure on Hooker because... Remember, if we lose this fight, it's two losses in a row. It'll definitely affect his ranking as well because of the competition in the division. So, does that also play into Chandler's favour? Hooker is also under a lot of pressure because uh, if he loses this fight, it's two losses in a row, just like Tony Ferguson, who just lost to Oliveira. And he will go yeah. into, like, below the top seven. He'll be, like, top eight, nine or something like that, which will completely remove him, remove him out of title contention. And I think it's a very important fight for him because if he wins, he has the argument of uh, fighting for the title because they had Chandler as a backup for the, to fight uh, in the Gaethje versus Khabib fight. And so, if Uka wins, he has a big argument for the title. Yeah, Chandler had also said that, you know, he, he, I mean, he was saying when he wins, but I mean, obviously, if he wins, he said he's going to make a claim for the title as well. So, um, having uh, discussed all about, uh, about all this, um, I'm going to ask Audrey after all. Uh, who's going to win this fight? Uh, Shavin, since you didn't say anything, I'll ask you first. Um, I'm going to go with Dan Hooker for most of the reasons that Shalana also said because I think he's established in the UFC. He's fought so many top-level guys. I mean, he's beaten, he's knocked out Gilbert Burns, who's a welterweight contender. He's fought Poirier, he's fought Felder. And I just think also his reach advantage, I mean, he's six foot and Chandler's like five, six, five, seven. I think that'll oh, be a big yeah, part. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I personally, I, I see Dan Hooker winning this possibly by KO. Alright, Charlene. Um, Charlene, who's winning this? I would go with Hooker because he's the only one that can, you know, match Chandler's pace and maybe put him out quickly. Alright, so that's two for Hooker. Tarin? I'm going to go with Chandler because <laughs> I think, I think Chandler <laughs> would be much uh, more... Uh, significant in the fight. All right. So, split decision here. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So, that's it on the first fight. We'll obviously talk about the big one later on. But before that, um, we have some more uh, talking points on the UFC. Uh, Shavin will take it over from here. Yeah. Thanks, Abhishek. So, before we get to the big fight, obviously, uh, I think we should 
take a little look at the women's division. Obviously, not the top couple of divisions because I think uh, Nunes and Shevchenko have, you know, uh, they have, they have the throne there, and I don't think anyone's uh, beating them anytime soon. But not uh, Nunes, strong not for a while. Not for a while, <laughs> definitely not. I mean, I don't think there are any other featherweights to fight her. Maybe but, after uh, Clarissa, uh, Clarissa Shields, Clarissa, yeah, Clarissa Shields maybe. comes in from the PFL. PFL. Maybe, yeah. She's in PFL. Yeah, that could yeah. definitely but, be interesting. But but there's levels. Nunes is gonna drag him down. You know, she she's shown that she can fight anywhere. For yep. sure, man. I mean, the way she beat Jamenda Randame was oh, was that was just <laughs> just a beat was, down. Yeah, uh, what a fight! I mean, absolute good. But uh, I think we should talk a little bit about strawweight because it's a bit more. Uh, there's a bit more competition there. Obviously, yes. uh, Rose Namajunas, Tagros uh, beating Jessica Andrade. And uh, Zhang Weili coming off that absolute war against Joanna. Uh, uh, the fight is—I mean, those two are supposed to fight this year. Uh, Shalna, what are your thoughts on that fight on in Rose versus Joanna? How do you think? The fight hasn't been confirmed, but if it does go through, um, it's going to be one of those absolute wars. Weili's just—she's just got a different pace as a strawweight. It's just crazy how much she can push, and all those uh, like if you've seen seen her training videos she's just crazy with her kicks and all that very strong taekwondo style kicks if it doesn't work out yeah. they're probably just going to try Andrade to drop down you know uh, oh. maybe yeah maybe just get a warm up fight but that's going to maybe Jean could move up to fight Valentina I think that's spoken about a bit I, I think maybe after Rose I, I don't think yeah. that they'll push that up for her immediately because Probably. she's established in China, she's one one of the more popular fighters in China, but um, yeah. not not at the moment. I don't see her jumping up to fight Valentina. Valentina's actually told she's going to fight Nunes, so it's going to be interesting. I, I, I yeah, think it's going to be a really good fight. Yeah, I think that's the fight to make. I mean, if they're going to make a super fight in the women's division, I think definitely Nunes yeah, Shevchenko cool. three. Has to happen. I mean, she has beaten her twice, but still, is not the fight. Is no, the goat, I, I, I feel For like people who don't know. Fight. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people know to yeah. Tarin's point. I mean, a lot of people did uh, feel that Shevchenko may, it was a split decision, right? So it was a close fight. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, a close fight. As far as the, the goat of MMA, I think Amanda doesn't get the credit she deserves because she's shown time after time that she can. Yeah, handle anyone they put. She's running through divisions. They're going to have to stop making people come up <laughs> yeah. to fight her. And you can't just put anyone against her because she'll manhandle them. So, yeah, maybe, it's just... Maybe, uh, maybe we can see Amanda Nunes versus uh, a flyweight. She's going to Hey, Henry, Henry better <laughs> watch his mouth. Henry better watch his mouth yeah. before he gets, you know. Anyone can get it. <laughs> Any one of these mouthy fools. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, before we move on from this women's segment, uh, Rose versus Veli, uh, what are your guys' predictions? Uh, Tare? Um, I'm not the biggest fan of women's MMA, to be honest. But uh, I'd... Um, I said that still means we, we support equality and all those things. Yes, that we are not. <laughs> genuinely, he's genuinely not a fan. He's genuinely not a fan. You can't force someone to be a fan or something. Yeah, it's nothing against not women. Just... Nothing against women. <laughs> no discrimination. Hashtag. That's equality. But I yeah, I watched the women's division, to be honest. But I watched the... 
uh, the Bailey fight, the last Bailey fight, she did really well. So I think she'll take the win. Okay, Salah. Um, hard to pick, man. Rose has got so much experience behind her uh, because she has been in wars. Well, Whaley's coming in hot, but um, if I was a betting man, probably Rose. Wow. I think I'm going to go with Rose as well. I'm a, I'm a big Tag Rose fan. So, yeah, I think if I, I, I I'm going to say it's going to be a war, but I feel like Rose... Yeah, I could be wrong. A Whaley could just come out of the bat and just head kick her and then we're all just sitting here going, oh, dude, I yeah. just lost. <laughs> but, yeah. But, anything uh, can happen. Right. Anything can happen, for sure. All right, uh, moving on to the heavyweight division, which is, uh, you know, starting to hype up. It was held back a little because I think Stipe is fighting only once a year. But, uh, obviously, there's a big fight that has to happen, uh, which is, I think, the Ngano miocic fight. Uh, Karin, what do you think? Do you think that's the fight that has to happen? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think Engano has uh, earned his title shot. Like he has, he just fought Rosenstrike unnecessarily because, uh, <laughs> but he just knocked him out in like seconds, I think. And uh, Rosenstrike, that was a bad decision. Yeah, that was. But like, who uh, calls yeah, Engano? Like, this fight is booked for March, if I'm not mistaken, and March or April, one of the two. And uh, I think it's uh, an amazing fight. That has to happen. That's the next title fight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, firstly, <laughs> addressing the Rosenstrike fight, if you all, uh, any of you guys haven't watched this Rosenstrike fight, I think you should watch it to watch, you know, a fight just getting demolished in like one minute. <laughs> it's, like but, a, it's, uh, it's like a minutes, it's minutes fight, yeah. right? It's like a minutes yeah, fight, yeah. right? I don't know if it's like... like <laughs> no, I think it's a couple like, of yeah. seconds, like 16 or something, 16 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Francis Ngannou is the scariest fighter that I have ever seen. Bro, lunchboxes for hands. He's got lunchboxes. <laughs> lunchboxes. He's, he's just a monster. But that being said, Stipe did beat him in the last yeah. fight. It was um, not even as close. Like, it was a clear, clear win. Yeah. I mean, Stipe Miocic is the greatest heavyweight in UFC history, right? Yeah. And yet, coming into this fight, a lot of people are going to favor Ngannou. That's crazy. I yeah. think that's, what, that's what makes this fight interesting. I think the main um, reason why is because Ngannou has trained a lot, even with Teddy Atlas. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If you guys don't know, he's Mike Tyson's coach at the latter part of yeah. his career. Um, so what uh, Stipe did in the first fight was weather the storm and then start threatening the takedown, take him down, outbox him and all that stuff. And that's what most people can't do because he comes out with those lunch boxes and knocks you out and you wake up in the hospital <laughs> going, wait, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think even um, in, in Ganu's uh, jiu-jitsu has improved from that fight. I mean, in the first fight, he didn't look, yes. he didn't, he looked like he didn't know what he was doing on the ground. Definitely, I think that's a fight to look forward to. I think it will happen in April. That's what Dana has said, if they can, you know, get the details out. Also, moving on to, I think, something that is uh, probably more interesting, the only thing more interesting than the to the champion and the contender, I think, is John Jones. And John Jones... Finally moving to heavyweight, finally making that move from light heavyweight. Uh, you know, trying to cement his legacy as the GOAT. Uh, Tarin, I'll start with Tarin. I mean, how do you think Jones fits in to this picture at heavyweight? Uh, and how do you think, who, who should he fight, in your opinion, after this? I think John Jones looks like an absolute beast at 250 because looking at his Instagram, he just looks like a complete beast. And I think he can take anyone, but... I think he should wait for the title. 
Yeah, I, I think Jones should wait for the outcome of Miocic and Ngannou because uh, there's no use in him just fighting like a random guy for the um, uh, for our coming title fight, and he should just and wait until say August or September for the next title shot. If he wins, yeah. if he wins, he's undoubtedly the greatest of all time, and like all the so for, uh, so-called MMA pros can who say Khabib is the greatest can just go bounce. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a very biased answer. What do you actually think about Habib? Habib, he's as in he's a crafty man. He's a very crafty man. He he knows when McGregor's focus and his back. He he just started crying in the middle of the octagon and he just left. But I respect that. I have that. I have I have one line to just tell Tarin. Yeah, it's just business. <laughs> it's just business. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no seriousness. I, I think I think Khabib will be back. He, I think he'll either fight GSP or McGregor. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think in all seriousness, uh, John Jones, um, is the goat. But there's controversy around everyone, like even Khabib, even in his yeah. early pro careers, he's only fought two rounds, which some of them MMA fighters have. So it doesn't count for some people. You know, they want full three rounds. So, uh, if John Jones wins, um. Definitely, he's a goat, and um, I think he might need one fight before before he goes for the title, and let uh, Ngannou and Stipe fight. Because if Ngannou and Stipe fight this year, they're not going to fight the same year, like the same year. They're going to probably push it to 2022. Then you have an entire year. You're leaving John Jones inactive for an entire year. Would, whereas would you, you think put he can fight in the division? Stipe needs to would change. Just keep on fighting once a year. He needs to change. Yeah, uh, the only person I feel like they sh- that could be hype is Siri Gum if he beats Rosa Drake. Yeah, that would be a good That's fight a, for me. You know, I, I I would honestly yeah. like to see that. Yeah, I mean, uh, in all seriousness, to add into both uh, Charles and Tarin's point, I think a lot of people, a lot of new uh, UFC fans, don't understand how good John Jones is and what kind of resume he has because I love Khabib. I'm a huge Khabib fan, but Khabib has like three title defenses. John Jones has like what eleven, and he's beaten 15? so many 15. champions. Yeah, I mean Leoto Machida, Rashad Evans, Shogun Hua, Alexander Gustafsson. I mean he's beaten. He's he cleaned the division, right? He cleaned out the lightweight division, light heavyweight division, and just moving up and beating whoever, whether it would be Stipe or Ngannou, it would just cement his legacy as the absolute uh, goat in that division. But there is one guy who's been. Uh, Calling him out a bit, and that is uh, Israel Adesanya. Adesanya, Stalina. Apparently, that's Adesanya. Um, what do you think, Izzy versus John? Who who takes it? It's all money. It's all just the UFC, you know, trying to get some <laughs> John Jones, trying to trying to make Izzy the the next, you know, Habib because he's undefeated. He takes out John Jones. Like who's there? Like who's gonna like say that he's not one of the best ever? So people yeah. keep doubting Izzy, and uh, he always says you almost have forgot. So you know, but I'm always gonna root for John Jones because I've watched him and watched his fights way before. And dude, he didn't even train for the Gustafson fight. He even trained That's Muay Thai, fair. watching YouTube videos for one and a half years <laughs> before he got into MMA. So. As you can see, he's clearly gifted. So, I really want to see that fight. 
one, you know, as a fan. 100%. Uh, before we forget, I think we kind of forgot to uh, get your predictions on the Miocic and Gamba fight if that does happen. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Miocic and Garner. Tarin? Miocic, 100%. Tarin? I think, I agree. Miocic, but but let me add this. It's going to be closer. It will be closer. Ngannou is not going to, Ngannou is going to be patient, but I don't think his experience yeah. and it, 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 he's, he's taken DC down too. So, and, and DC struggles sometimes to take him down. Yeah, so, true. and he fought one of the best and DC is one of the, like he's the, the pinnacle of wrestling, Olympic, you know, wrestling. he's right up there. So, if you've done that to that, you know, sort of people, and when Ngannou comes in, look, anything can happen, but I'm pretty sure he's going to weather the storm and do the same thing. So, you know, Stipe, but closer. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think Stipe as well, for me, I think it's a unanimous decision, but yeah, I think that's definitely a fight to make this year. Kavinka, I think uh, since you spoke about Adesanya, you also have a segment to take on him. Yeah, so earlier last month, actually, or uh, earlier this month, Dana White came out and said there's no way it's going to happen anytime soon, the the John Jones versus Adesanya fight. But Tarin, because you've seen Israel Adesanya live, okay, and you know what he what he fights like, how he fights like. I mean, yes, there are going to be restrictions to see this fight. For example, uh, Adesanya has to beat uh, Jahan Blahovic and uh, both of them, actually both of them, meaning John Jones and Israel Adesanya have to win their respective championships. Uh, Tarin, what do you think? Do you think Adesanya has you know, a good chance at beating John Jones? So, first of all, I don't think that fight will ever happen because John Jones said that he'll never move to light heavyweight because he has put on a lot of yeah. muscle and it's going to be tough, really tough to come down to light heavyweight. That's one. And two, in case at the like, it, there's like a 1% chance the fight will happen. If it happens, I think Jones is going to win just because he's a complete all-rounder, whereas Israel is, a, is purely a striker. He's one of the best strikers, I think, just under McGregor. But yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not just, you're not going to give, uh, <laughs> you're not going to give John, sorry, you're not going to give uh, Adesanya a chance, is it? As in, I, I, I'd um, support uh, Adesanya, but John is going to win. Yeah, no, I mean, both of them are, Adesanya is relatively new, but he still is good and uh, it would be great to see such a matchup, but yeah. Uh, but a fight that will happen on the 13th of March will be Blahovic versus Israel Adesanya. Chalana, what are your thoughts on that game? Just give a bold prediction so on excited. what, what it will be like. So excited. Um, I think um, Izzy's going to do what he does best and just show us that why he's at the level that he should be. And he shouldn't be... Um, discredited or be an underdog even though people are saying oh the Polish power and I have to give credit to John you know he is one of the best you know lightweights out there he beat yeah. Dominic Reyes and um, you know it's going to be an interesting matchup but I see Izzy's hand being raised and if he does that sets him up for the John Jones title 
Um, and maybe he move, moves up to heavyweight. Like he's always said, he wants to do it. So we'll see how it goes. But as far as the match goes, I think Izzy's going to win that. Awesome, awesome. And Harim, what do you think? Uh, Israel Adesanya, aka the last style bender, do you think he will bypass this? Or? Um, yeah, I think he'll get the win purely because he's just an amazing striker. Like, there's no one in, I think, heavyweight, light heavyweight, and in middleweight that who can strike better than uh, Adesanya. And he's managed by the greatest management team ever, like Paradigm Sports. So, yeah. yeah. Amazing stuff. And Shavin, you have their word back to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, I wasn't a big Israel Alessandia fan. I'm not a big Israel Alessandia fan still. Uh, not, that I, not that I don't like his skill. I think he's a fantastic fighter, but not a big fan of his personality. I was rooting for Paulo Costa. Clearly, I was wrong. He beat shit out of Paulo Costa. But... Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Alessandra as well. I think he'll do the same thing he did to Costa. I think he'll stay out of range and I think he'll pick Jan apart and probably finish him. So, Alessandra to win. Now, I think moving back to our big talking point in the lightweight division. Uh, Abhishek, do you want to take this? Yeah, I think uh, this one's the one everyone's waiting for, Tarin especially. So, yeah, it's uh, time for Tarin Madhya versus Tarin it. Tarin Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Go India. <laughs> all right so yeah so mcgregor versus poirier the second time they are having this fight uh first time around it was in 2014 mcgregor winning that uh in one minute and 45 seconds of course since then you know a lot of things have changed poirier has become a brilliant fighter since then uh and he's got some racked up some good wins as well uh mcgregor is also coming to this fight after layoff of one year his last fight was in january of 2020 Mm, and while uh, um, Corey actually fought, uh, as you mentioned, Hooker last year as well. Uh, before we get on to the fight, uh, Tarin, I want to ask you, there is a lot of talk about this timing as to why he's coming back this now, I mean, since you spoke about it. Uh, yes, this timing. That's because Khabib left. Yeah, let me get I mean, that straight. A certain Khabib left, is it because of that? Yeah, no, let me get that straight. McGregor <laughs> wanted to fight ever since the Cerrone fight. But then... <laughs> Yeah, so McGregor wanted to fight ever since um, he ended Cerrone. But then Dana didn't let him fight because Dana was stingy for the uh, the gate. <laughs> and uh, so, so McGregor has kept on asking Dana for fights, but Dana didn't give him. So, uh, and uh, the, the Podia fight was actually like confirmed even before... Uh, that other guy retired and um, the so, other guy <laughs> the other guy and I was going to say the other guy like, his, his existence is not valid anymore but then in the end who's, who will be in the top of the division at the end of 2021 it'll be McGregor the other guy is a farmer so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay but okay on a serious note on a serious note so I mean Dana has also spoken about this I mean I, when I watched the Preview to this match, he was. Talk, I mean, that's a lot about talk about McGregor's motivation. Um, yeah. And so why he would come back, actually come back. Okay, putting that other thing aside. I mean, some people are saying you know he made so much money from the Mayweather fight. Okay, and also he has his own whiskey brand and everything like that. You know, everything's there for him. So, what is his motivation? Is it to like prove himself again to show that you know he's the best, or is he like trying to pave a way towards Khabib again? 
Uh, I think it could be the it could be both because obviously he wants to prove to the world the reality that he is much better than Khabib. That's one, and I think he obviously wants to get to the top again to show that his first run at featherweight wasn't a fluke, which he's seven and zero in featherweight, and he would he ju- he just wants to do the same in lightweight. I think. Do you think? I mean, do you think he's trying to pay away for Khabib? Even I mean, considering that Khabib will not come back. I mean, despite all the uh, hope that he will. As in, there's a limit to which you can run away from the man. Like if he, when he keeps seeing McGregor on top, <laughs> McGregor on top, like he has to come back eventually, because he hates so, McGregor as much as McGregor hates him. So like you can't see the other guy on top. You'll have to come back. And like there's a limit that you can run away from a guy. So Khabib will come back. But I mean, Khabib's the reason why he left it was a very personal thing. I mean, do you think? Yeah, he... I I really respect that. But but in the end, his dad wanted 30 and 0. Which he won't get. It'll be twenty nine and one when he fights. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love this commitment. I've, I've never seen. I've never Such seen loyalty. anyone have this much commitment, not even to a team. One thousand. I mean, and Kavinka should know. I mean, he has been supporting Liverpool since two thousand. I was about to say that. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No. Okay, so talking about the fight, I mean, uh, talk about party. Did you watch um, the Khabib fight? He was in his corner. He was in his corner. Straight out. Three years ago, man. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nothing changed. Okay, okay. So now uh, talking about party. So I think he's uh, the reason Khabib jumped from the cage. <laughs> 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 not going to talk about Poirier for sure now. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So talking about Poirier, yeah. Shavin. Yeah. So yeah. many people feel, many people feel that you know, I mean, if you look his uh, look at his fight against Hooker, yeah. one of the main yeah. things people said that if he tries to fight that same way, the way he fought against Hooker, if he tries to fight that same way against McGregor, he won't stand a chance. That he yeah. obviously lose it. Probably in the first round, or let's say halfway through the second round. Do you agree with that? And what do you think his best strategy is to win this fight? Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, Poirier's style is always, you know, that heavy boxing style is always. Uh, he always uses punches more than his kicks, and he's always in punching range. If you watch the Hooker fight or even the Gaethje fight, he he tends to, you know, stand and trade with his opponents. But obviously, as we saw from their first uh, their first encounter. That's not going to work with Connor because Connor is a very precise striker, yeah. and Connor is not Connor is not Dan Hooker and Connor is not Justin Gaethje either. He's not going to stand stand and trade. He'll come in and out exactly. of range, and and when he lands that left hand, if he does land a few clean left hands, it's going to be lights out for Dustin. Also, I mean, in contrast, I think Dustin is a very slow starter and Connor is a very fast starter. Which is why I think Connor said that he's going to finish him in 60 seconds. Personally, I think the way for Dustin to win this fight is to take it beyond two rounds. Because I think if he can survive two rounds with Connor, Connor tends to gas out. And obviously, like Dustin is known to be a striker, but he's not going to outbox Conor McGregor, right? I don't think I've seen. Okay, the only guy that I've seen outbox Conor McGregor is probably. Nate Diaz, and that's not because Nate Diaz is a good boxer. That's because Nate Diaz is just a freak. Like there's yeah. nobody in the UFC that can fight like him, and he can just take so much damage. Like he's insane. And Dustin Poirier is not Nate Diaz, so I think Dustin will have to probably take the fight 
beyond two rounds. And I think Dustin has a very underrated jiu-jitsu game. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. And just an interesting fact, I mean, all four of Connor's losses have come via submission. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a bold prediction. I'm gonna say Dustin takes Connor to maybe the fourth or the fifth and he submits him. That, wow. That's my view. Or just we'll to get to the predictions later, Tarin. We'll get to the predictions later. Just to Shavin's point, um, I think um, it's a very underrated BJJ game because he's been a black belt since 2012. So that's a fair yeah. amount of time for someone to be a black belt. Also, Poirier tends to stand very square and throw big hooks, like heavy hooks yeah. to the body, to the head. You can't do that with McGregor. You stand square in one place, McGregor's going to pick you apart and yeah, make you pay sure. for it. Yeah. And as far as Nate Diaz, the only way that I see um, Dustin winning is if he fights like how Nate Diaz fought in the clinch, make it a very dirty boxing style, throw punches in the clinch, clinch with McGregor. Like if you watch the yeah. Nate Diaz fight, McGregor doesn't do well in the clinch. He knows how to defensively play in the clinch, but not offensively. He knows how to defend shots but not throw punches. He'll throw an elbow here and there, but that's not as much as how Nate Diaz did. So if Dustin's worked on his clinch, we're going to see a very, very long fight for McGregor. Also, Chana, I mean, talking about McGregor, I mean, from McGregor's point of view, obviously we saw, as usual, the usual McGregor antics, you know, coming out and saying he'll knock out. The mind games. Yeah, the mind games. The usual mind games. Um, but... Uh, what do you think is what do you think McGregor's best chance is to win this fight? What what his strategy will be? And also, now that we've spoken about Poirier's best chances, by chance, if Poirier manages to take manages to take McGregor past the second round, do you think McGregor has it in him to actually win this fight, even if it goes past the second round? Well, I believe that. Tarin, I've asked you, Tarin. Tarin's waiting. Tarin's waiting to answer. <laughs> he gets mad every time he says something about him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I think if McGregor passes the second round, he will have to do a very strategic fight like he did in the Nate Diaz. Chop down the lead leg of Dustin Poirier. That's one of the key things that he has to do. Oh, yeah. You've seen yeah. in the Gechi fight how heavy he stands on his southpaw left, yeah. left leg. Right leg. He stands on his left leg very heavy. Sorry, right. Right, which right is southpaw. Yeah. Right leg, yeah. my apologies. Right leg. And if you were able to take that with Connor's leg kicks in the Nate Diaz fight, you saw how accumulated over time, it affects their game. You're taking yeah. away Dustin's power, Dustin's ability to move. He's just a, he's just pretty much a sitting duck there. And right. McGregor's going to move out, cut the angles, push him against the cage and just take him out. There's so many things that he can do. But even if it goes past the second round, if McGregor pays plays it a very strategic game, he can win it. But if uh, he goes pressure right off the bat and he gasses himself out, you know, just like Sheldon said, um, we're looking at a very, very different game. Then. All right. So, I mean, we've had that discussion as well. So, we come to... I mean, it's obvious. I, I think Tarin, you asking. can... Uh, yeah. Tarin's so yeah, the prediction. There's, there's no point in me asking the prediction because Tarin's a Khabib fan and he just said that he he's expecting Poirier to win and I know Tarin is not going to... I think Tarin is, uh, is rooting for Poirier to win too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. Let, let, let's make it up. Let's make it up. I'm going to keep Tarin for last since he's the, you know, the neutral guy and the unbiased guy. Tarin, can you confirm who you think will win? 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a very bold prediction. I could be very very wrong on the 24th, but I'm gonna so I'm gonna <laughs> say <laughs> I'm gonna say Dustin Poirier via submission for possibly fourth or fifth round. There's no point in asking, but that is. <laughs> it will. It'll, it'll, it's a no-brainer. There is no way Dustin Poirier will beat Conor McGregor. There, there, are, there are levels to this shit, you know? Like, it's... Like, like, as McGregor says, Poirier is a great fighter, one of the best, but greatest levels below me. That is McGregor's usual pre-match talk. <laughs> yeah, as in, I don't know if it'll be 60 seconds, but it'll be in the first and second round. That's for sure. And right, uh, right. it'll be KO or TKO. That's for sure. Okay, Charana, the deciding prediction. Who are you going for? All right. Um, <laughs> I have to go with uh, McGregor purely because um, <laughs> you can say that mind games don't work and you can say that the knockout didn't affect you. But once that cage closes, once you're standing across someone who's already put and you know that he has the ability to put your lights out, it's a very real thing. And knowing the skill set of each competitor, it's going to be a very devastating night for Dustin Poirier and a very good night for Thurin because uh, he's yep. going to be very happy after that fight. Very good morning, actually, because it's at like 10 a.m. on <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and can I add to the fact, I add to this that um, the Poirier took a lot of damage against Hooker. He almost lost in the second round. And that's yeah, he, he took yeah. some real heat in that second round effect on this fight because we see Tony Ferguson who took a lot of damage on yes. uh, from and he just got massacred by Oliveira and that yeah. could have a major uh, effect on uh, Poirier because his chin would have deteriorated and all those stuff like oh yeah, yeah. for sure for sure last chin last chin yes. I mean yeah I mean uh, this weekend. yeah I mean I think you would probably back McGregor but I mean Everyone loves an upset. So like it's, it's a no-brainer. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, it is. I mean, you you you'd feel that, but I mean, obviously, you can't compare it based on the first fight. The first fight is, I mean, it's not the same fighters for sure. There's been no so two much fights are the same. Definitely, yeah. as you said. 100%. But yeah, it'll yeah. be. I guess it'll be good to see. All right, so there you have it. Some really interesting comments from both these guys and of course Shavin as well. Uh, that'll be a fight everyone's looking forward to. Uh, before we have an interesting uh, prediction segment coming up, but before that. Uh, Kavinka has uh, another interesting topic to talk about. Kavinka? Yeah, and this has been on the minds of a lot of UFC fans and a lot of UFC fighters as well with Michael Bisping coming out publicly and stating that, you know, the officiating of the UFC is very questionable. Uh, he, along with many other fans, are calling for past UFC fighters to come and officiate matches instead of the current crop of UFC officials. Just to give those of you who don't watch UFC a, just a, a behind a backstory to this, UFC is a relatively new sport. It was developed in the 1990s and they originally started out with taking referees and judges from boxing events, mainly boxing events. So that created a gap that, you know, the UFC couldn't fill. That is, that the referees didn't have enough knowledge about how UFC works and therefore gave poor decisions. So, uh, Chalana, first of all, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that 
Michael Bisping's right to get Michael Bisping and a lot of other UFC fighters are right to get past UFC fighters back in the mix to officiate the matches and be judges? Or do you think that the current set of UFC referees and judges should get more of an education uh, to officiate the matches? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, it, there should be different changes to uh, to judging too, especially with uh, scoring. I feel like if after every round they should have open scoring. So what yeah. it, it means essentially is after one round the score would come up ten nine or ten eight mm. or seven ten yeah. or whatever it is. So people can you know realize okay this is wrong judging and then recorrect it as we go. Also, there's been fighters that have gone to refer, you know, referee later on after their career is done, like Frank Trigg. People who don't know Frank Trigg is, is a UFC veteran. He fought Matt Hughes. Yeah. Um, and as far as refereeing goes and judging goes, it's just that there's a sanctioning body that has to be placed so that you can refer to it. And Big John McCarthy, who's been there from day one, actually writes the rule book. <laughs> So there is a course for referees to learn, but as far as judging, I don't see any improvement of it. It's just poor decision-making that leads to fighters losing their purse and uh, the reputation, their entire life's work, pretty much. Yes. Like in the Max Holloway fight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was bad. That was, I mean, Dana came out and said that Max won the fight. I mean, that's just yeah. that. Yeah, I was rooting for Volkanovski, but Max clearly won the fight. Mm. Clearly won the fight. I mean, you. Other uh, thing is, you don't want uh, UFC fighters coming out and saying, and just to quote uh, Michael Bisping, he. Bottom line, he is you don't said, want tennis referees coming and yeah. judging football. Yeah, yeah you don't. Yeah. You don't want. Yeah, yeah. It's just to put it in a better context. You don't yeah. want table tennis referees coming and or umpires exactly. coming and judging tennis. And there you go. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't. You really don't want Michael Bisping and other fighters to publicly come out and say if this was another sport or another job in the world you would have been fired so uh, that's something that UFC has to look into because it could lead to a total meltdown within the UFC uh, atmosphere yep. as well but uh, that's that and thank you uh, uh, Chalana for giving that insight because you're in the mix you do martial arts and thanks for that and that ends our UFC episode Tarin Chalana Thank you so much for coming on board. Tarin, any last words? So, I'd like to just say, Jan 24th, if you're in Sri Lanka, you watch it on 10-1. Or if you're abroad, make sure you buy the pay-per-view. It's just $69 or something. It's worth it. It's <laughs> just money. Buy the pay-per-view. That's the number one thing. Make sure you buy the pay-per-view. Awesome. Yeah. Chalana? No, man, thanks for having me so I can give you guys my perspective on MMA and, you know, maybe tell all these casuals it's uh, it's not what you guys see on the outside. So there's a, there's a lot that goes inside MMA and, uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a mental game, as all other games are, but this one, a lot of people see the physical aspect to it, but there's a huge mental strain on the fighters as well. Uh that concludes the episode. Yeah. If you're watching us on IGTV, uh, do check out our other episodes. If you're listening to us from Anchor FM, uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, you can listen to it you know, on Anchor FM and also Spotify. 
but other than that that's it we are the grandstand podcast thank you so much for watching or listening uh, catch us again soon next time uh, this is kavinka shavin and abhishek signing off have a great day and we'll catch you soon bye bye you guys